writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Today's episode is also another edition of our series of what-ifs, looking at the biggest what-ifs in Trailblazers history. We've already taken a closer look at what it might have been like if Arvidas Sabonis came over in the 80s or if the Blazers held on to Moses Malone after acquiring him in 1976. And today, we're tackling another one. What if the Blazers didn't trade Jermaine O'Neal? the youngster who was a part of back-to-back Western Conference Finals teams and then out of the Blazers' plans before he morphed into an all-star. Here's how we approach these what-ifs. I want to set the stage. Why does it qualify as a major what-if for in Blazer land? Uh, In the second segment, we'll we'll kind of delve into who wouldn't be here and who would be there. Like, what, what exactly changes? What are the nuts and bolts that change? And then we'll close the show with talking about the biggest ripple effect. What after if this what if goes the other direction, what is the biggest ripple effect moving forward for the franchise, for the league, etc.? But let's start with setting this in context. Why does this what if qualify? Well, Jermaine O'Neal was drafted as the 17th overall pick in the 1996 NBA draft. He was an 18 year old straight out of high school. In South Carolina, making that preps to pros jump and what might be the most talented draft in the history of the league. But what Jermaine O'Neal was joining in 96-97 was a competitive team on the rise and in for a major makeover. Over the next two seasons, O'Neal appeared in just 105 games while the Blazers loaded up on veterans to make one big push at winning a championship. They added players to disposition like Sean Kemp. They already had players in front of him like Rasheed Wallace. Uh, eventually, they were going to add other forwards, Detlef Schrempf and Scottie Pippen, that were going to take away some of his time to play up front. But O'Neal was young, and he wouldn't be deterred. And in the summer of 1999, this was following his third season in the NBA, he actually signed a contract extension with the Blazers. Uh, in July of 99, he signed a four-year, $24 million extension. He was he had yet to really get real minutes. Uh, Mike Dunleavy preferred vets. He was just, like, the team was about to get comically old. But they this was the direction they were heading, and yet they still had this kid. He was 20 years old when he signed the extension. They gave him four for 24. But in that ensuing season, O'Neal still isn't really part of the plan. He appears in 70 games as a 21-year-old, but that Blazer team who had made the Western Conference Finals in 1999 is back in it again in the year 2000. I'm sure you recall what happened at the end of that season. Didn't go great, and Kobe threw a lob to Shaq. So Jermaine O'Neal has been paid He's still on the bench, and while he was more of a contributor, he still wasn't part of the plan. He averaged just 12 minutes a game. He did not play in the playoffs. He looked young and watched. And after watching, he decided he wanted to play. So what happens in the summer of 2000? Well, he's about to enter his fifth season. He tells the Blazers, trade me. I want to go somewhere and contribute. 
The Blazers didn't exactly open up the phone lines immediately, so O'Neal, to make his point a little louder, a little firmer, decided to skip out on Summer League. Said, cool, I don't want to do that. That clearly got the message across, and the Blazers eventually traded Jermaine O'Neal a few weeks later, sending him to the Indiana Pacers in exchange for veteran forward Dale Davis. Davis was 30 at the time and coming off what would be his lone all-star season. The Blazers had, or excuse me, the Pacers had been in the NBA Finals in 2000, and Dale Davis had spent time guarding Shaq. This was a valuable thing for a Blazer team that was trying to figure out how the hell are we going to guard Shaq? It wasn't really Brian Grant. It wasn't really Sheed. Arvia Sabonis was closing in on his 38th birthday. They needed, they, Dun, Mike Dunleavy, the coach at the time, wanted a veteran, and they were able to find someone with a proven track record guarding the person who scared them the most, Shaquille O'Neal. Dale Davis had averaged 10 and 9, basically 10 and 10, 10 and 9.9 rebounds. He was 30 years old. Jermaine O'Neal was 21 and had a career average below 4 points per game. But Jermaine O'Neal was also pissed, and he hadn't got his opportunity. He told the Oregonian in a story September 2nd, 2000, written by Steve Brandon of the Oregonian, he said, My best comment for you guys and for Mike Dunleavy is watch me play next year. O'Neal added, I've hidden the anger inside of me a few times the past four e- over the past four years. Now it's time for me to show people what I can do. So what did Jermaine O'Neal do? He blossomed into a six-time All-Star a three-time All-NBA selection, and the 2001-2002 Most Improved Player in the National Basketball Association. When he first got to Indiana, he was a starter right away on a very good team, the 2001 Pacers. He started, he played 81 games, started 80 of them, and averaged a near double-double, 12.9 and 9.8. And that would be his worst season over the next seven campaigns. From the 2001, or excuse me, the 2000-2001 season to the 07-08 season, Jermaine O'Neal averaged 18.6 points, 9.6 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2.4 blocks. He made six all-star teams from age 23 to 28. He was an interior anchor for one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. A downright star. So what today's what-if supposes, what it explores, is what if the Blazers didn't trade Jermaine O'Neal in the summer of 2000, and they held on to him? What would have become of O'Neal's career and the Blazers' future? Who still would have been with this Blazer team? Who would have been gone? And what happens next? That's what we'll explore in the rest of the show. But first, I want to tell y'all more about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. That's it. That's the trick. It's a protein bar that tastes better than all the other protein bars. Comes with 16 amazing flavors, all of which are covered in 100% chocolate. It's got a great candy bar-like texture. It's soft and chewy. They just taste really good. If you're familiar with other protein bars, these this blows them out of the water. Built Bar is just better than them. That's what they're doing. It's also great for the health conscious among us. Trying to cut down on unhealthy snacks? Well, look no further than the Built Bar. It could be hanging out in your pantry and still be yummy while not packing on all those heavy calories because Built Bar is low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. 
Take, for instance, the peanut butter brownie, one of their 16 wonderful flavors. It's got 20 grams of protein in there, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. Sounds pretty good, because it is. So if you want to get some, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Right. So we set the stage for Jermaine O'Neal's situation with the Blazers. Why he wanted out in the summer of 2000. The Blazers granted that wish. But what we're going to explore here is what if they didn't? And who would be here and who wouldn't? So let's assume O'Neal stays. He doesn't get traded. He heads into the 01 or the 2000-2001 season. Blazers got eliminated by, by the Lakers in that season. I don't think Jermaine O'Neal at that stage was ready to be a difference maker. He was ready to be a much, a very solid contributor. But was Jermaine O'Neal at 22 significantly better than Dale Davis at 30 for what he was going to be asked to do on the Blazers? I think the production would have been would have been similar. O'Neal was a is just bigger, longer, and and a better athlete. But he hasn't played any meaningful minutes really in the league and if even if they carve out those meaningful minutes for him does he save the Blazers in that season or do one of the great teams of the era the 2001 Lakers just roll through everybody and basically sweep the playoffs except for that one game against Allen Iverson I still think they do I don't think Jermaine O'Neal at age 22 sways the history of the league against Shaquille O'Neal the most dominant force at the time does he help Yes. Do the Blazers make it a tougher playoff series? Sure. Do they maybe avoid the that matchup with the with the Lakers until later round? Almost certainly, right? Like this, he's he would have made them better in the near term, but I don't think he dramatically shifts anything. But what gets interesting is moving forward. By the 0102 season, Jermaine O'Neal's like just really good. I don't think you're hiding it. He's averaging you know more than two blocks a game, and also he's a reliable 19 and 10 guy. And during that 2001 summer, the Blazers drafted a 20-year-old out of Michigan State named Zach Randolph. And for this hypothetical, let's assume that the Blazers know what's coming next. They know that Arvidas Sabonis is above the age of 36 and on his way out and creaky at best. They know Rasheed Wallace is probably not, even in this hypothetical, probably not super super energized on the franchise, things like that. So I'm going to assume they still draft Zach Randolph and now they've got their front court of the future. A 20-year-old Zach Randolph who was, he had been in some trouble, but was very clearly a talented basketball player. Who they don't take is probably Ruben Boomshay Boomshay in the second round. They would have had enough bigs to figure it out. You're you're going to assume that even moving forward, the Blazers are still going to have some combination of Scottie Pippen, Rasheed Wallace, Bonzi Wells... Zach Randolph and Jermaine O'Neal to all kind of find some some front court minutes for. So uh, Ruben Boomshay, Boomshay, sorry, dog, but you don't end up on the squad. That's one of the big what ifs. You probably didn't see Ruben Boomshay, Boomshay getting a shout out in this podcast, but that's why you smash that play button. Tell your friends about it. We got Ruben Boomshay, Boomshay shout outs. 
in any case, that Blazer team in 0102 was pretty, pretty darn good. They had the eighth best record in the NBA. They were 50 and 32. They were again eliminated by the Los Angeles Lakers in the opening round of the playoffs. And it's hard for me to think we've now pushed Jermaine O'Neal to very good starting center in the league. And that's 0102 season. This is the year that he wins most, most improved player and he takes this big leap forward. Even if he takes this leap, I, I don't know if the Blazers beat this Laker team and 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 the very good Sacramento team and the very good Mavs team that, that was around here. I, I think they're in better position too, but it's hard for me to say Jermaine O'Neal is so good at this stage that he dramatically alters the outcome of this era. For me, what gets interesting is moving forward. By the 0203 season, the Blazers with some version of Damon Stoudemire, Derek Anderson, Bonzi Wells, Rasheed Wallace, Jermaine O'Neal, Scottie Pippen, Zach Randolph, Jeff McGinnis, and Antonio Dan- Daniels, like some, some version of that team is going to be pretty good. I'm also going to assume that in 2002, when the Blazers took Kentel Woods, a promising preps to pros combo forward, that, the, that maybe they change their plans. Here's my crazy what if. The Blazers have O'Neal and Randolph on the, on the roster, along with Rasheed Wallace. Their front court is cool. They don't need another young guy to, to come in and need to figure it out. So instead, they go for a safer four-year college product and take Tayshaun Prince. Because the timeline for being competitive is now. They're not looking so much to the future and transitioning out of this uh, Bonzi, Pip, and Sheed era. They're saying, I bet we could go win it right now. How long can the Lakers keep doing this? The real answer to the Lakers question is that the Spurs are about to get really good um, and win like three titles over the next five seasons. So there's a new Western Conference power to worry about and the... uh, Suns are about to get good, and the, and the Mavericks are still going to be good. But let's, in any case, the 0203 Blazers are sort of the end of the era. Their last shot getting eliminated by the Lakers really changed how, you know, it kind of changed the whole calculation. By the next year, they're trading Rasheed Wallace. They're moving forward. They're pivoting to the darkest era of the sort of modern Blazer timeline, that 04 to 08 years when they just were very bad and then just getting good. Before we flash forward too far, let's continue sort of discussing who might not be here as as we as we roll into this Jermaine O'Neal, Zach Randolph front court. Zach Randolph is about to like sort of figure it all out. I think that's one of the one of the things about this hypothetical is that it took Zach a little while to really be a, a like a true high level contributor. But by the 0304 season, he's a player. He's a 20 and 10 guy. And that was the year that the Blazers traded Rasheed Wallace. So I'm going to assume it still kind of happens that way. And this Tayshawn Prince, Jermaine O'Neal, Zach Randolph front court is now the future of the Blazers moving forward. And so Rasheed Wallace is still going to get traded. But in 
unlike in that 2004 trade deadline when they sent him to Atlanta in exchange for defensive ace Theo Ratliff and Sharif Abdul-Rahim, there's no way the Blazers need two bigs. So instead, the Blazers are going to try to get some combination of wings and draft picks, which when Wallace was flipped from Atlanta to Detroit a couple days later, that's kind of what was involved in this trade was first round picks and bit parts. So let's say something like a mid-20s pick in 2007 and Bobby Sura. That's right. This what-if involved Tayshaun Prince, Ruben Boomshay Boomshay, and now Bob Sura. You're welcome. So I think what the Blazers have done is maybe not dramatically altered their fate in the early 2000s. I think maybe instead of back-to-back first-round exits against the Lakers, they're probably a little bit better in those two seasons. Um, Jermaine O'Neal would have been very good, definitely a, a... much better offensive player than Dale Davis, but he had his own injury woes. That that was that was basically what derailed his career from being a true star in Indiana. Was that he, after being very dependable, basically after his 26th birthday, he struggled with injuries a great deal. So, but in the, that near term, before we get there, in Jermaine O'Neal's you know 22 to 25 year old seasons when he's anchoring this Blazer team, I think they avoid the Lakers in the first round. I think that that maybe makes this this era feel a little bit different. But the idea that they are not going like the 01 and 02 Lakers are just they're just fantastic, particularly that 2001 team. I just can't see a scenario where even if they avoid them in the first round, that they don't get steamrolled by Shaq. I don't think Jermaine O'Neal changes it that much. Perhaps you do. You know where to find me at Mike G. Rich on Twitter, LockdownBlazersPod at gmail.com. But what I want to address in this third segment as we as we transition to the biggest ripple effect is what really changes. I'm not saying Jermaine O'Neal makes them win a championship. What I'm saying is Jermaine O'Neal changes this next era, the post-Rashid, post-Jailblazers, for lack of a better term. This, po- this post-Jailblazers era, it dramatically shifts with young Jermaine O'Neal and young Zach Randolph anchoring the front court. So that's what we'll talk about in the third segment, is the rip, the biggest ripple effects if what if Jermaine O'Neal had stayed. But before we get there, I want to tell y'all about Blinkist. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. And when you don't have free time, you can't work on personal development. Luckily, there's an incredible app that solves this problem. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. What it does is it takes the best Key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes you can read or listen to. Super popular. You're not alone in the Blinkist world. There's already 12 million people using the app right now because it's got a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestseller list as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to this massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want, all for one low price. Here's how you get involved. For a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you. Go to Blinkist.com MBA, try it for free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash MBA to start your seven-day free trial, and you'll also receive 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. Still 
still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still lifting the lockdown Blazers, and we're still talking about what if the Blazers didn't trade Jermaine O'Neal. He would go on to be an absolute stud for the Indiana Pacers. His career really takes a dive by basically his 30th birthday. And and by the end of the 08 season, he is significantly, he's just hampered by ankle and shoulder troubles. Uh, He only played 42 games in in the 07-08 season. And he did bounce back a little bit in that 08-09 season, but the Pacers had drafted Roy Hibbert and they were moving on and they traded Jermaine O'Neal to the Toronto Raptors, a place that you go in the middle 2000s when your career got weird Ask Alonzo Mourning and Sean Marion. But what I want to discuss to close out this show is not sort of the specifics. I told you who wouldn't be here. The Blazers are not. Dale Davis never comes over. Theo Ratliff and Sharif Abdul-Rahim are never Blazers. The This team is rolling with some sort of Jermaine O'Neal, Zach Randolph front court. They're probably still searching for that post-Damon Stoudemire point guard. Uh, perhaps instead of trading for Bob Sura, I should have landed a PG. But much like Bob Witsit, I just didn't get it right. But what I think the biggest ripple effects from the Jermaine O'Neal staying is that instead of the sort of dark years for the Blazers being that 2004 to 2008, as they built back up into being a perennial playoff team as they are now, or at least a a competitive team like they are now, was that the fade for the Blazers comes later. Uh, 2007 was Jermaine O'Neal's last all-star season. And while Zach Randolph kind of reinvented himself with the Grizzlies in 09-10, he was... He w- it took him two teams after the Blazers got rid of him um, when he signed with the Knicks and then eventually uh, played a season with the Clippers. That lost Clipper year was really something for Zach Randolph. But he, he kind of reinvented himself and rekindled how special he was after after leaving Portland. And, and that 07-08 year, he was a Nick. But let's assume that he stays with the Blazers through the 07 season still. I think... I think this is the big key, is that through from 2004 to 2008, the Blazers maintain a competitive, even good team. Uh, the, the West was winnable then. The Lakers had kind of crumbled and hadn't bounced back until about 2008. Uh, they made the finals in 2008, so yeah, they're pretty good. Shout out to Pau Gasol. Um, they, but... The best teams in the West were the Suns, the Mavericks, and the Spurs. And I think some ver- some version of Jermaine O'Neal and Zach Randolph in these, the post-Lakers, pre-Lakers window when the Spurs mostly won championships, and also Dwayne Wade, uh, that you... There is a... There was a window to be very good. And I think that the Blazers potentially could have seized it but I don't think this guarantees that there. This isn't Jermaine O'Neal isn't a championship-defining talent. What he was is a he would have made them really good still. So, what changes is that in 2006, when when the Blazers acquired Lamarcus Aldridge and they acquired uh, Brandon Roy on draft night, two trades for lottery picks, they just wouldn't have had the assets to do that. They wouldn't have been bad enough in 2006 to be a lottery team. They would have never been in a position to win the lottery in 2007 because I think those two years, they're a high-level playoff team. 
They're maybe going to the Western Conference Finals or at least the second round of the Western Conference Playoffs. They're one of the five best teams in the West still. They haven't fallen off. That's what Jermaine O'Neal does, is that he keeps this team good for longer. The transition out of the uh, aging Pippen Sheed core is much easier with Jermaine O'Neal. But the, it's going to come. The dark times are going to come. So for me, this is when they happen. Is the 2008-9 season. Which is just great for this hypothetical. Because the Blazers enter the 2009 draft as a lottery team. And for whatever reason, the stupid-ass Timberwolves still take Johnny Flynn. And then they still take Ricky Rubio. And maybe right there sitting for that Blazers in that middle lottery, Steph Curry. <laughs> now listen, I don't want to troll you guys too hard to say that Jermaine O'Neal is, Jermaine O'Neal leads directly to Steph Curry. That's insane. But what I will say is this. If this timeline goes about how I think it'll go, that 2009 draft is a pretty good time to be not very good. If you don't end up with Steph Curry, maybe you move forward with DeMar DeRozan. Or maybe the rebuild happens on the strength of one of the other mid-range point guards. Drew Holiday went in that 2009 draft. Ty Lawson, Jeff Teague, Darren Collison. None of these are franchise-changing, but they're long-term anchors that help usher in the next era. The biggest, the biggest ripple effect from what if the Blazers don't trade Jermaine O'Neal is that you, that you don't have Roy and LaMarcus and Greg Oden. But I don't think it precludes the Blazers from being bad in 2012 and ending up with a certain point guard from Weber State. What changes is that from that 2004 to 2008 is that the Blazers are a very competitive team in a Western Conference that the Lakers had finally moved out of the way of. Obviously, those Spurs and Mavs teams, even those Suns teams, are very good, and there's no guarantees, but the Blazers main are competitive for five more seasons with Jermaine O'Neal. They miss a franchise-altering draft in 06, and another franchise-altering draft in another direction in 07, but I think the biggest fallout is that the Blazers rebuild instead of happening in the middle of that decade happens at the end of that decade and perhaps the special 0809 season feels very different with Roddy Bobois and DeMar DeRozan restarting a campaign as opposed to a LaMarcus Aldridge and Brandon Roy group that was very good so that's what happens with the Blazers keep Jermaine O'Neal in the year 2000 that's how I see it playing out at least Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate listening. More what ifs coming later this week. Talk to you soon.